What are you doing here? Consider God's question to Elijah if God were asking it of you. What are you doing here? Why did you come to church this morning? What did you think or hope would happen? Maybe you came to pray and to sing and see friends. Maybe you came to lament or to lift up to God concerns in your life. Maybe you came to know that you are not alone. Maybe you came to be lifted into a place of joy. Or maybe you are here for strength or comfort. (coughs) Or because you long for a holy moment of peace or love of God. I've always liked this story. The prophet Elijah is just so human. And God takes such good care of him. Elijah is one of the great heroes of the Old Testament. The prophet. The prophet who survives the famine by staying with the poor widow and the flour and the oil never run out. The prophet who raises the dead and who calls down fire from heaven and calls forth the rain after a three-year drought. Elijah has won great victories over the enemies of God. But it never ends. For every victory there rises another battle to be fought, another threat to survive, another wrong to be set right. And today we find Elijah exhausted and afraid and profoundly discouraged. Elijah has had enough. He even asks God to let him die. God will not let him And instead, God makes Elijah go to church. This past week, we might have felt a little bit like Elijah. It could have been something in your own life. We have had families who just experience one struggle after another, and we say, how long, O Lord? Maybe it is you. Maybe it is someone that you love who has just had struggle after struggle. And you wonder how long, how much. A year ago, I performed a marriage in this sanctuary for Mark and Dan. We had advocated within the Presbyterian Church for same-gender marriage. And when it happened, it was such a celebration. But last Sunday afternoon, I cried with Mark for the 49 lives lost. For three years in a row, we have hung the t-shirts and brought our awareness about gun violence. We have preached love and prayed for justice and sung peace on earth. 
and it happens over and over again. I heard a Muslim man say this week how wherever there is an incident such as last early Sunday morning, his gut tightens as he waits to hear the nationality and the religion of the perpetrator. And it was in when it is someone associated, however remotely, with the Muslim faith, he steals himself for the anger and the fear. We have worked for justice and peace. We have taught compassion and love and understanding. But it just doesn't seem to stop. We're sad and tired. Whatever it is in your life, God knows what it's like for you to feel like you want to run away, give up, or just go to sleep. And God says to us, get up and go to church. So many times this week I have heard it said, we don't just need to pray, we need to do something. And I completely agree. But I also want to say, don't just do something. Pray. Because that's what happens on the mountain. Elijah talks to God and God talks to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? And God listens to Elijah's pain and frustration, Elijah's anger and fear. It is okay, my friends to complain to God, <laughs> to just complain. Elijah has come to the mountain of God because that's where Moses stood. Mount Horeb is Mount Sinai, where God came to Moses in the burning bush, where the people gathered and God gave the Ten Commandments, and the earth shook and fire raged on top of the mountain and lightning while Moses was there and everybody knew that it was God. So Elijah has come to that place, that holy place where God has made the divine presence known in the wind and the shaking of the earth and the fire. Elijah is there because Elijah wants what Moses got. And God meets him. But in a way that's just for Elijah. Elijah needs to experience God's presence, but it will not be the same as Moses. It will be in a new way, an unexpected way, that still small voice, the sheer silence. And I think about times when I have been out in nature on a lake at dusk or even on a mountain having hiked to the summit 
And just being able to stand there and be in awe of that kind of peace, of that silence, the stillness. When the water is as still as glass and not even the leaves rustle in the wind. And there is eternity. And God is just there. It is out of that silence that God listens again. Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah speaks the same words. And then Elijah hears God say, Elijah, I know you are tired. You have been so faithful. And you are not the only one. Go. Go join the others. Get back to work because there's still more work to do. And I need you, Elijah. Early in the week, there was a sense of wanting something to do. And so on Tuesday, we gathered here to pray. We held our prayer vigil on Tuesday night. We put up three banners in preparation because they spoke so much about what we have been doing as a church. There was the pride banner of the LGBT community, the rainbow flag, because we have been in solidarity with our sisters and brothers of the LGBT community. And we put up a sign, a banner, thank you Mark Fernandez, who made these on Tuesday afternoon, and it said prevention, because we have stood for gun violence prevention. And next to that banner, we put up, we choose welcome. Because we have chosen to welcome a Syrian family of Islamic faith and make them our friends. So we gathered that first inside the church and we prayed and we sang and we preached, I preached. And then we lit candles and we sang some more and we left the church and we carried our candles out the door and down the steps and onto the sidewalk and around to the fence where our signs were. And we managed to keep our candles burning. And we stood out there in front of those banners on the chain link fence, right on Chavite Circle, with our candles. And people drove by and honked and waved. And for a while, we just stood there. And it was a holy moment. With all the people rushing by, we were in the still small voice. What are we doing here? 
praying. We're reaching out in comfort. We're loving. We're listening. We're learning. We're renewing our commitment to prevention. We have been bringing people together in education and around movies to learn how to do more for peace. And we have been welcoming. It's the 90-day mark today since our family of four arrived in the United States and you gave them dishes and chairs and silverware. You gave them money to buy groceries and help pay their rent. Our ESL people have been teaching them English. You have given them and found them medical care and dental treatment, even oral surgery. You have managed to get donated. What are we doing here? Yesterday, people gathered in Geneva Hall to learn about how to adopt a family like we have. Susan Price and Merritt Groeschel led a program with Lutheran Social Services, and they were expecting 45. Eric and I were there, and Eric and my job became to drag in chairs because they kept coming. 45 came, and all the chairs began to be filled, and the elevator kept dinging, and they kept coming, and we went into firesides and kept dragging out chairs and dragging out more chairs and making more photocopies and getting more chairs. Over 70 people came from 28 different churches or synagogues. 28! <laughs> and love just burst forth. It gave you chills to be in that room with all of these people wanting and choosing welcome. It was an amazing experience to be there. I hope that my telling of this is lifting you up because God is amazing and God has made a tremendous witness to the world through you. What are we doing here? Oh, we're praying. We're renewing our commitments to love. I hope we're loving each other in patience and compassion because not everybody's comfortable with the pride banner on the fence. And it has to be okay that we're not all on the same page all the time. We're here offering hope to other churches who want to help. I pray that we are offering help and hope always to each other. As we hear in deacon visits and flowers, 
we are cultivating courage and connecting people, expanding the extent of God's kingdom and God's love. We are not in this alone. Twenty-eight congregations came. It's good to come to church and to have these holy moments because we do get tired and discouraged and frustrated with all kinds of things that happen in our lives. And sometimes we do just want to run away or do nothing but complain. And it's all right to be afraid. And it's all right to get discouraged. And it's all right to complain because God listens to our fears and our frustrations. And God brings us here where God meets us in prayer, in one another, in music, in the word proclaimed, and in those still small voices and spaces of silence where the awesomeness of the creator of eternity breaks through in joy. And we listen, and we take that love, and God says to us, okay, get back to work. The world needs love. The world needs you. That's what we're doing here. Amen.